1: with your host, Dr. Bonnie Morrow. There are a variety of techniques for hands-on healing that can help you move closer to your vision of good health. In our program, we discuss both the business and science of dealing with different aspects of the healthy community with specialists in various energy practices. Now, here is Dr. Bonnie Morrow.
2: Hi, welcome to Transformational Healing. This is Dr. Bonnie, and we're glad you're here today. So I would like to give a shout out to Texas today. Everybody that's in Texas listening to us, welcome to the show and also everybody around the world. So today we have a special guest. His name is Austin Marshall, and he's a family and internal medicine physician associated associate, pardon me. Practicing in Lake Jackson, Texas. So really a shout out to you in Lake Jackson. And he specializes in obesity management and integrative medicine. He is trained through the University of Texas Medical Branch, PA program, Texas Women's Hospital, Texas Children's, oh my goodness, Texas Children's, and Methodist Hospital in Texas, in Houston. He currently serves as an adjunct professor and clinical pre- preceptor for the UTMBPA program. My goodness, that's a lot of a, an initials there. So he's also currently pursuing a doctorate of health science degree at Huntington University in integrative medicine and clinical nutrition. His goal, I'll let him tell you his goal. So welcome, Austin. Hi, Bonnie. Thanks for having me on your show. You're welcome. So after I've read all of your initials and everywhere you've been to school, what is your goal?
3: Well, you know, I I always try to uh, focus with, I mean, every single one of my patients to uh, find a way that I can meet them where they are and that we can, as a team together, pursue an optimal state of health and wellness for them, uh, you know, not, not through the traditional Western medicine philosophy of, you know, you have some sort of illness and here's a, a pill for it, but rather uh, through more of a, a natural food-based diet and exercise as, as medicine instead of just as a, a side thing. It, it's the main show.
2: All righty. How did you develop an interest in so we call it functional medicine? Is that the what we call it?
3: Yeah, integrative and, and functional medicine are kind of used uh, interchangeably. Uh, but I mean, the kind of the, the underlying meaning of functional medicine is uh, working to look at a patient uh, in a whole, not just uh, what kind of diseases that they have, but rather uh, you know what is their their social situation you know what what is their spiritual connection uh, what what types of foods are they feeding their body uh, in, instead of just you know do you have diabetes yes or no it 's more of an integrative approach where uh, you know we we look at the entire patient and in in doing that we you know try to prevent disease instead of uh, reacting to disease because I think uh, a lot of our issues in in medicine nowadays could be very much completely nullified by if we could change this just one mindset of instead of reacting to issues when they arise to to prevent them from arising.
2: And do you think this is a possibility?
3: Ideally, yes, but uh in in practicality it's going to take a lot of work.
2: I agree with you there. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, um, and you combine your traditional Western medicine with your your complementary and alternative medicine?
3: Right. So, you know, it, there's a lot of patients that I just will end up having to, I mean, the, their blood pressure is extremely, extremely high. There's no other choice but to, uh, to control that with a pharmaceutical agent, which is, I mean, oftentimes what we need to do, but, uh, you know, by kind of a, in, in that sort of instance, the complementary and alternative side would, would be recommending, you know, what what type of extracurricular activities are you doing, such as, you know, yoga? Are you going for for your daily dose of exercise? Are you uh, making sure to to incorporate a lot of plant-based foods into your diet, not just a lot of salty-type foods. So by you know by balancing both of them and uh, and just kind of seeing where where the patient is, uh, that's the main way that I try to incorporate both sides of it instead of you know just one or just the other. I think using them both together is a good tool.
2: I agree with you, how much problem do you have with your patients uh doing what you suggest
3: oh my goodness it's a it's a daily struggle, and I mean every single office visit is is a, a different a different encounter, so you know that's part of the the joy of it, but also part of the the difficulty is trying to Meet that patient where they are, and um, if there's quite a, a large, uh, you know, difficulty understanding what I'm saying, a lot of times we'll kind of have to just start with the basics, and, and that's okay. And and uh, you know, it's it's difficult to for them to follow my instructions completely, but the the patients who who do and, and really can can turn their situation around, I mean, it's it's very much very gratifying for me.
2: Great. Right. So, uh, how does energy medicine correlate with functional medicine?
3: Um, well, you know, I'm obviously not the expert on energy medicine, but, you know, I've been able to listen back with some of your shows, and, you know, I've I really got the kind of the understanding that, you know, both, both kinds of forms are very synergistic in of itself. And, you know, obviously, in order to... Uh, Portray a uh, and give off a healthy energy. One would need to you know be healthy from the inside out. So um, by you know proper nutrients and uh, and good regular exercise. You know I think they kind of go hand in hand, and and it, it's almost a natural extinction if uh, extension if you're you know eating healthy and and exercising regularly, then then that would. Show within your your energy
2: you 're right there, very, very true, and what is the structure of proper clinical nutrition
3: well with uh, I, I do specialize in uh, you know obesity management and obesity therapy, and so there's you know with kind of a, a typical situation is you know i 'll have kind of an initial uh, history and physical with that patient and just go from the bottom up of you know what are uh, what are the other comorbid conditions that you 're dealing with, and uh, you know what is their baseline so we'll kind of start there and then i'll want to check in with them usually at least you know twice a month or so, depending on the patient and you know to regularly check how how their weight is and, and their waist circumference and, um, you know, make sure to get a lot of lab work on them in the beginning to to kind of assess a, a baseline status of where they are or, you know, rule out any other issues that might be going on. Um, but by kind of having that accountability with them, uh, I've had pretty good success with a lot of patients are able to, you know, over the course of, a long period, take off the weight gradually, which is, you know, very, very gratifying for me to to see.
2: That's important. Very important. What is your most successful weight loss?
3: Uh, I have one patient right now who is at 87 pounds, Um, obviously had a lot to lose, but just more than that, just the... The zest and the the pep in their step is just it, it's just such a joy to see them when they come in the office they 're just completely different from when I first saw them, so you know i don 't contribute that one hundred percent to me because obviously they 're doing the, the hard work but uh, it, that eighty seven is is the, the most right now
2: oh wonderful that's great um, Can you help me uh, Austin with people? From my energy perspective, who I would suggest something, and they just march to their own drummer and go their own way.
3: Uh, can can you maybe clarify that a little bit better? Just if, if, are you saying if if you suggest something medically, if if they don't take your advice?
2: No, 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 no. I am looking for a way to convince somebody that their nutrition is important and that so is their exercise. Mm.
3: Well, I mean, the, you know, essentially, I mean, the, the old saying of we are what we eat is is unfortunately true. And, um, you know, I, I don't think there's really any other way to get around it besides eating foods that are, you know, not processed overly. And I mean, every food is, is in some degree processed, but uh, not overly refined to the point where you can't recognize it from its natural state. So uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely vital to, to give your, your, your tissues, the, the nutrients it needs. And I mean, if if we don't have a balanced diet you just you're setting yourself up for just plenty of different medical issues down the road
2: right uh i liked what you said and i'd like you to repeat it about uh if you can't recognize what you if you can't recognize the food you're eating what
3: nutrients it needs and i mean if if we don't have a balanced diet, you just you're setting yourself up for just plenty of different medical issues down the road.
2: Right. Uh I liked what you said and I'd like you to repeat it about uh if you can't recognize would you if you can't recognize the food you're eating, what can you repeat that?
3: Oh yeah. I mean the I, I like to tell my patients to try and consume your food in the most natural state. So instead of a cracker, uh, you know, you you should eat something closer to the the wheat grain that it was produced from. So, uh, you know, uh, my wife buys sweet potato chips, and you know, I was like, yeah, well, those are better than potato chips. But you know, let's let's just stick with regular sweet potatoes, and and you know, that's the the highest Density of nutrients, as well as you know, the the most natural state of food, which is what we're meant to, uh, to meant to consume.
2: Does your wife find that this cooking takes a long time?
3: Um, yeah, uh, she's she's a good cook, but um, we you know we're always trying to find ways to realistically incorporate it into our, into our meals at home and. We'll do a lot of pre-cooking, so, you know, on a, a Sunday afternoon, cook a few meals for the week and kind of have it so that it's available. Uh, but, I mean, definitely eating eating healthy is not easy. And, you know, there's there's a reason why we, we don't like to. It's, it's, you know, it can take a lot more time and effort, but it's definitely worth it.
2: Great. Thank you for that. Okay, and what type of blood tests... Uh, should you Should your doctor get to fully ex- assess your level of health
3: uh, what do you, you know, do there's, there's quite a few that you know you, you can you can get anything and everything that that you want to get but uh, in in the context of just an overall health and well being there 's a few that that I would say are very important um, you know some of the things that you want to check are uh, the thyroid status of you know if, if there's any issues as far as over or underproductive thyroid uh, you know and, and most doctors will get a TSH which is kind of like a, a screening test, but there's also different levels beneath that that can kind of break it down a little bit further so you know if if someone has a history of issues with their thyroid or a strong family history then, you know, some of those might need to be broken down further. Uh, other things are like a, a blood count, making sure that you're not anemic or having a decrease in your red blood cells. You know, we want to look at your your kidney function and electrolytes. Uh, cholesterol is always very important. Uh, lots and lots of studies have, have continued to point to cholesterol as uh, it. it can lead to plaque buildup in your your arteries and lead to strokes and heart attacks. So by kind of monitoring it and making sure that it's in a reasonable level, we can essentially help to to prevent those conditions. Um, And, and, you know, those are pretty basic as far as the regular labs that most everyone would get. But I would also, for a lot of my patients, I add on a a few different vitamins and minerals, such as uh, magnesium is, uh, involved in a lot of different functions, and um, vitamin D is also it's a, a fat soluble vitamin. We get it a lot from just being outside, but it has a lot of different roles and uh, cell growth, and uh, even you know your immune system. So uh, a lot of times people can have uh, a deficiency in them just from being inside too much. So those are a good level to check. Uh, same with the B12. It's another vitamin that is involved in a lot of muscle growth and a lot of nerve cells that are growing. So uh, it's it's vital that we have enough of it. And I mean, a lot of issues that I see in the clinic. It, a lot of times you'll pull a B12 level, and yeah, sure enough, it's it's a little bit low. So kind of checking a few of the extra ones, it ends up paying off. So it might be worth it to to bring those up with your with your provider.
2: Yes. Okay, Austin, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Your life,
4: your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about Healing Touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness.
4: You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You are listening to Transformational Healing, To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing.
2: Welcome back. I'm so glad you're with us today. We have a special guest talking about Nutrition and Functional Medicine, and he is a uh, physician's assistant in Lake Jackson. And at Lake Jackson, if you're on board today, you might want to look up his phone number. So his name is Austin Marshall. All right, what's the name of the practice you're with?
3: I'm with uh, what's called Burns Family Practice. It's me and one other provider.
2: Okay, so there you go, listeners. Okay, so we were talking about um, blood tests, which was very, very interesting. So where do traditional pharmaceutical medications integrate into your practice?
3: So, you know, if if any of these issues, uh, you know, that, that can be uncovered a lot of times in the blood work, um, if If any of them are are to a level that is not sustainable or not controllable with with regular diet and exercise uh, you know the uh, every every one of our our studies it helps to to point to sometimes we really do need a pharmaceutical medicine you know such as in the case of high blood pressure uh, you know it, it we, we can do everything that we can as far as our good lifestyle choices, but sometimes you, your genetics just weren't on your side and, and you still have high blood pressure. So, uh, you know, if, if I need to use any sort of pharmaceutical agents, then, then we will, obviously with the focus always being back on uh, the functional side of it and, you know, diet and exercise are always the, the core of, of being healthy. Um, but then, you know, in, also in my obesity practice, uh, I really look at their medication list of what they might be on from other providers. So, um, you know, a lot of times uh, if, if you're on a uh, an antidepressant like some of the serotonin medicines, those are fairly notorious for causing weight gain and or difficulty losing weight and a lot of the diabetes medications, not all of them, but some of them can cause uh, issues as far as uh, gaining weight. And then even some different types of birth control are kind of associated with weight gain. So there's, you know, a lot of uh, issues from medicines that we just have to watch out for. Uh, But, you know, if if we need to treat something like like cholesterol, there's, you know, always an honest discussion of, you know, the pros and cons of of using a medicine. And, uh, and if, if that's worth it, we, you know, we want to come to that decision kind of mutually between me and the the patient.
2: Right. So what's the best diet to follow for optimal health and wellness?
3: Well, you, you always have to take your own situation into account. So, uh, the, the best advice that I, that I can ever give anybody, uh, is is to follow a diet that that works for you and that's sustainable uh, so many you know I think most of us really have a pretty good understanding of you know what 's good for you and what's not um, but you know a lot of times when we just go you know quote on and off of the the diet bandwagon it's it's just not a sustainable practice and it can you know the end up leading to a lot of yo yo dieting and uh, weight gain in in the long run is usually the, the typical trend. And, and so, you know, a lot of people will say, ah, I've been on a diet for 20 years and I'm heavier now than I've ever been. And and that's because, you know, you've, you've picked diets oftentimes that are just very rigid and, you know, you might uh, have to give up an entire whole macronutrient food group, like, you know, like the Atkins diet where you, you don't, Eat any sort of carbohydrates, and you know that that type of thing is not sustainable for for most patients. So, uh, you know that that's also kind of another thing that I like to to highlight is the, don't don't follow just one specific group of thinking. Like you know you could only eat no carbohydrates or no gluten, and then the reality of most patients that uh, a balanced diet is is usually best and uh, another thing that I always like to, to make a note of is, you know, you, you should look at your plate and it should be ideally over half of it should be filled with different kinds of vegetables. Uh, the, the more vegetables, the better. Um, and then, you know, lean types of proteins uh, and, you know, healthy kinds of fats. Uh, so, you know, the when I say a balanced diet, Balance, but in in the case of you want to to balance your plate in the right way with with most of it being from natural whole food type sources uh, in their most natural state, and then sources of lean kind of unadulterated protein, not fried, baked, or uh, you know no extra fats added in, if possible. Um, and then, you know, the, kind of the last thing is, is that that it needs to be reasonable for you. So, you know, don't restrict yourself of of everything all at once. It can just cause you to to burn out.
2: True. And I'm hearing you say that I need to give up my butter.
3: <laughs> well, you know, that's kind of a it's it's been one of those hot button topics because uh, 2013 the there was a kind of a big study that was was published that said. Oh, you know what? We we can eat all the butter that we want now. It didn't really say that, but you know, it, it pretty much said butter's not as bad as we, we thought it once was because uh, it's it's a different kind of fat that is okay, and as long as you eat it in moderation, it should be okay. And you know, I agree with it for the most part. Uh, the The issue comes with using types of uh, fats like butter uh, at every single meal. Um, so, you know, in the most part, as long as you're moderate with your use of butter, then we should be okay.
2: Okay. So the non-negotiables that you encourage everyone to follow, that's kind of what you've just said, isn't it?
3: Yeah, but probably sound like a broken record, but... Natural food-based diet and lean proteins are, are the staple of, of what every diet should be.
2: Can you tell me, what is gluten?
3: So gluten is a type of wheat protein that has been sensationalized in a lot of circles. And uh, it's, it's been kind of implicated to cause a lot of people uh, can have issues digesting it and it can uh it can lead your your stomach and your your gut to kind of have issues processing it. So, uh it's there there's some folks that are truly uh what's called celiac who who have a, a true gluten intolerance and if they consume gluten then then they will end up having quite a few symptoms and uh that can range but uh, plenty of different GI symptoms. Uh, kind of the more mainstream understanding of gluten is a gluten insensitivity, which a lot of people will, will kind of adopt. And and the gluten-free diet is is not particularly healthy, um, but, you know, it, it, there's also not too many things wrong with it because, it, you know, it usually focuses on uh, using a lot of vegetables and avoiding most of the the things that, that, are, that contain gluten, like uh, a lot of processed foods, a lot of, you know, pastas and breads. And, um, you know, you, you look at a lot of the, the back of the containers and you'll, you'll be surprised to see what gluten is in. I mean, it's incorporated into quite a few different foods that, that you wouldn't think of.
2: So do you think that um, gluten-free bread is tastes the same?
3: You know, I I haven't actually tasted all that many gluten-free products. Uh, we had made some gluten-free cookies actually on accident, and they weren't too bad. I, I grabbed a box that ended up being gluten-free, and it I mean, it tasted pretty similar. So you know, I I, I think it's more of uh, if if someone is truly uh, gluten intolerant, then you know they can't have those foods. But if they're just insensitive or in if they have some sensitivity to it, then, you know, it's, it's really, I think, just depends probably on on the specific foods that they're eating.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. All righty. And the protein, uh, which is, you recommend lean meats and beans and soy and tofu?
3: Yeah, the, those would, would be, you know, if, if, even vegetarians need to make sure to to get a daily source of protein just to help maintain muscle function and keep healthy. But, uh, you know, it's a, a source of healthy protein. Even, you know, lean meats, including lean cuts of beef. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think that they have to avoid red meat completely, but it kind of goes back to the, the cholesterol and butter situation where, uh, you know, a little bit in moderation is, is okay. Good.
2: So uh, what is Cholesterol.
3: Oh well, it it it's kind of a misnomer. Uh a lot of people look at they say they have good cholesterol and bad cholesterol and and you know that that's the easy way to to talk about it, but it's actually cholesterol is the exact same. It's it's just a um pretty much like a type of um a fat that is vital for, you know, most of our organs to function. It it is incorporated into our cell walls and our our cell membranes to help uh, just keep everything essentially working how it should. Uh, The the terms, you know, good cholesterol and bad cholesterol are really meaning there's specific kinds of proteins that attach to them that move them around in the bloodstream. So uh, kind of the traditional... One that we like to talk about is LDL, which is kind of quote the bad cholesterol. That's the the, the protein that's attached to it. is uh, It has a tendency to get into our vessels and kind of set up shop if there's ever any inflammation on the inside of the vessels. Uh, and then, kind of its counterpart is is HDL or the good cholesterol, which is uh, kind of doing the opposite and it's helping to transport the LDL cholesterol and, and get it away. So, the, you know, there's a lot of benefits from eating foods that have a good amount of, uh, of healthy type fats because a lot of times, you know, those can help to raise your, your HDL, your, your good cholesterol, like a lot of fish and uh, omega-3 type products can, can help raise your, your HDL.
2: Oh, all right. So, um we're ju- we're just about down to another break. So, <clears throat> I don't want to go into the cholesterol right now because I think it's a deep subject and we need to thoroughly ex- explore it. So, um let me just go to skip to another subject and how important is sleep?
3: Oh goodness! Uh, you know I think a lot of us are are very sleep deprived and um, you know going through medical training uh, definitely it was sleep deprived and probably still am, but uh, you know it it's the time of the day that that our bodies have to uh, heal processes uh, you know not only just you know in our mind but also i mean on the the chemical biochemical uh level and and you know your body needs that time to repair and um and i mean as well as your mind obviously to to essentially reset and help to uh keep a good amount of sleep usually we would recommend anywhere between like seven to nine hours a night um but you know it it really depends on on the the person and uh you know we we kind of want everyone to shoot for about eight and depending on how you feel with that that's how you know we, we want you to to get at least seven to eight hours uh just so that you, your body can essentially repair itself and and keep you functioning uh in the best most healthy way
2: great okay let's go on a quick break right now uh austin and we'll be right back
4: your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about healing touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org.
0: What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace.
1: You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing.
2: Welcome back to Transformational Healing I'm so glad that you're with us today. Our special guest is a physician's assistant. And I am learning so much from him, and I hope that you are too. Before we went to break, we were talking about sleep. And I wanted to ask Austin, uh, what about sleep apnea?
3: So it's a very common, common thing that is oftentimes underdiagnosed. And uh, a lot of folks have uh, a degree of sleep apnea and, and aren't necessarily aware of it. Uh, and and it's, it's a condition that really lies on a spectrum. So you can have a, a mild form of it or you can have very severe form of it. And, uh, you know, essentially what's happening is And then there's different types of sleep apnea, but kind of the the most common one is is when uh, your tissues in the back of your throat and in the back of your, uh, essentially in in the the top of your mouth kind of end up collapsing in on itself and kind of closing off your airway whenever your body is in a state of sleep where you're so relaxed to the point where muscles are starting to, to relax to the point where, the tissue start to collapse in on itself, so uh, your body 's natural response as you 're sleeping is to uh, if if it 's not getting a breath is to to increase the the pressure on on the back of your throat to open up that airway because it 's closed and in the process of doing it we we end up with the typical uh, sleep apnea picture, which is the the person snoring real loud and then Almost essentially having periods of of no breathing called apnea and waking themselves up, waking themselves from sleep by uh, you know giving that that hard kind of push from their lungs that that can sound a little scary to the partner in bed, uh, but you would imagine by by doing that over and over again throughout the night, and uh, sometimes you can have it i mean up to about you know over three hundred times throughout the night. Uh, you would imagine that your body's not really getting its its true state of rest. And uh, so these patients can have a lot of issues as far as, you know, a lot of headaches in the morning, can feel completely unrested and, you know, very fatigued and uh, irritable throughout the day. You can have, uh, you know, unexplained hypertension and weight gain. It, it can be a very, you know, kind of long-reaching condition. So... Uh, in order to screen for it, I'll send a patient for a sleep study, which is, you know, we can kind of assess whether or not they do have sleep apnea and uh, and what what degree that it is and, and treat it accordingly.
2: huh. Okay. Thank you. <clears throat> so let's jump back to cholesterol and have another look at it. Can you tell me why it's the best way to control it and why it's important to control it?
3: Okay, so, you know, the, the best way to control it is, is always through your diet. And uh, the, the best type of food to help control it is, is the healthy kinds of fats. And, uh, you know, things that we, we've all probably heard of as you know, healthy types of, of nuts and seeds and, uh, you know, cooking with olive oil or uh, incorporating olives into your diet. Uh, avocados are a very good source of uh, of monosaturated fats, uh, and then you know you always want to use uh, as much as you can uh, any type of you know wild caught fish that uh, that has a lot of uh, omega uh, in threes in its structure that helps to pretty much helps to increase your HDL. And in the process of having more good cholesterol, we can get rid of the bad cholesterol so that you don't have the the issues with plaque buildup on the inside of, uh, of your arteries, which are really the kind of the heart of why we end up having strokes and heart attacks so by having a healthy source of of essential fatty acids, then we can help to ward off that. Uh, a lot of times, there's also a genetic predisposition that your body just does not handle cholesterol as it should. So we end up needing to use different kinds of medicines that that might kind of prevent that from occurring. Uh, kind of the the most popular class of them is is what's called statins. They have you know the most evidence behind them. Um, something like simvastatin or Lipitor or or any of the statin families help to essentially block one of the, the cycles that helps to produce cholesterol. So if we need to use one of those, then then we can. But, you know, that's, that's never an excuse. I, I always tell my patients this is not a permission slip to, you know, to eat cheeseburgers all day, but, th- you know, this is just helping us to, you know, we, we just need a little extra help on top of the diet.
2: And so would you put your patient on a statin forever?
3: Well, there's, you know, it depends always on the patient. Uh, a lot of patients do end up needing to be on them for long term. Uh, but kind of my favorite appointment is when I can take them off of it when their cholesterol is uh, low enough to the point where, hey, we, we can, you're already on uh, a statin, but let's, you know, let's try taking you off of it for six months and see how... How the cholesterol looks in six months, and you know, as long as as they can keep up the the diet and and the you know regular um, intense exercise, then a lot of times we can get them off of it. So it's not always a life sentence. Same with, I mean, same with any other long term type of medicines like like blood pressure. Uh, the the issue comes a lot of times is uh, the patients would rather take a pill and eat pizza, and, and a lot of people are okay with that. So, you know, that's part of the thing that I, I have to fight on a daily basis.
2: Right, right. I understand that. I hear that, too. So um, that that's interesting. So I was just watching the TV the other night that said something about um, suing if they've taken Lipitor too long or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it was, I'm, so I'm not a doctor, but I mean, I'm not a medical doctor. So, okay, so how do I shop for groceries and eat healthy?
3: Okay, so, you know, keeping in mind what we've already talked about, uh, you, you always want to uh, eat food in nature's intended way, so... Uh, what that usually means is that it's, it's perishable and, and that you're having to, uh, a lot of times shop the perimeter of the store where most of the refrigerated section is. Uh, obviously different stores vary, but, um, you know, if, if you can stay as close to the produce section and, and, uh, the the meats and seafood counter, uh, the better and, and try not to, shop as much in in the, the middle aisles where you know most of the traditional box type foods would be like you know rice and pasta and bread and uh you know confectionery type foods those those you know we we want to limit them not not avoid them um but but limit them and and stay as close as you can to the original food that you're that you're eating um and you know you, you have to always take your habits into account so you know kind of going back to the sustainability thing if if you just shop in the the middle aisles right now it, it's not reasonable for me to tell you to, to okay now you have to just shop on the perimeter but if you know if, if we can kind of start to move maybe half and half this trip and then next trip three-fourths of it should be all perishable type foods that are natural and uh and then eventually you know get get you to as Natural base of of a diet as possible. That's where you know you can do the best the best work for yourself in the grocery store.
2: Right, great. Thank you, Listen, listeners. That was a real important clue that he just gave us right now. To shop the perimeter of the grocery store, not the middle. And I think what we'll find is that it's less expensive around the edge too. Yeah. So. Um, are there supplements to help you lose weight
3: yeah there's you know there's quite a few things that that uh, you know I think the average consumer can be overwhelming it's it's overwhelming for
2: for any
3: sort of medical personnel and uh, fitness professional i mean it's uh, there there's i mean first thing to always keep in mind is that there's no miracle pill and you know there's there's plenty of people who will will say by by taking this one specific type supplement that it'll cure everything, and you know those are the ones that you really need to to be careful over. Uh, but you know, the, on in addition to the diet, you know, the, I like to recommend um, more of a, a tailored approach for the needs of the patient. So, uh, you know, a multivitamin is usually a good place to start. It, you know, a lot of us get most of our nutrients and, and uh, minerals and vitamins through our food, and so we really don't need the the extra support of a multivitamin. So we end up urinating most of it out. But uh, you know, in, in the case of if if you're not getting quite enough, it helps to essentially just kind of cover all your bases. So you know, a good reasonable multivitamin is a good place to start. Um, vitamin D, I, I really do like to to recommend it and. Um, you know it 's just involved in so many different processes, and you know any i would say probably the regular average american is is if not vitamin D deficient at least what we would consider uh just low in vitamin d so there 's you know a reference range and anywhere but you know below a certain level is is considered. Adequate to to live, but it might be on the lower side of normal. So you know, in that case, it would be good to kind of help supplement back your vitamin D. Um, and then you know, kind of the the natural benefits of caffeine can help, in in some ways, as far as an appetite suppressor, uh, suppressor. Um, you know, especially if if you can get it through sources that are obviously less uh, caustic, like you know, not Energy drinks or uh, anything like that, but more like you know from from green tea if, uh, has a little bit. Um, then you can you know sparingly use black coffee, and you know obviously you don't want to add in a lot of the the cream and sugar. But um, you know coffee and you know the the daily cup of coffee is uh, is as far as most of our medical literature seems to agree that caffeine and, and moderation is is. Can be helpful.
2: Great. Oh, thank you for that, Austin. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All righty. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back, folks.
4: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about Healing Touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org.
0: Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms, and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel.
4: Steps to a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: you are listening to transformational healing to reach dr bonnie morrow or her guest today please call in to 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to healing at aol.com now back to transformational healing
2: This is transformational healing, and welcome back. Today we have a most interesting uh, presenter. It's Austin Marshall, and can you please tell us about stress in today's society?
3: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the, you know, there's. I think we need to be honest with ourselves and. Yeah, you know, stress is is uh, i i feel like today is it, it just has to be so much more stressful cause, you know compared to 50 years ago it just our our society is just uh, very much expected to you know be in connection with one another and uh, and and always available and uh, you know it, it's unfortunately become a reality where most people end up uh, on their phones, you know, attending to, to work-related issues at 9 o'clock at night. And, you know, that that probably just wasn't the case, you know, 60, 70 years ago. But, uh, you know, since it is so rampant, it, I think we really have to keep in mind and learn how to find ways that, that we can use and employ on a daily basis to, to manage our stress levels. And, you know, I think for... The average uh, person today, technology plays a, a large factor in that, um, and, and it's not to say that technology isn't helpful in our lives, but uh, just that you know the, there's almost information overload that we can all be susceptible to. So, uh, you know, the the biggest thing that that I like to try and and focus on personally is is finding some time just you know for myself to to wind down before bedtime and. Uh, you know not get turn off all the screens and you know that uh, including cell phones and iPads and and everything else that that you might have uh you know we my wife and I have uh we've been trying to work on a uh, a no screens after 9 policy and so uh, you know not just for uh you know the uv radiation that can essentially kind of stimulate your your brain to uh, to keep you awake because it, it thinks that it's it's daytime, but uh, by you know turning that off, you're able to you know essentially let your your body get into its natural rhythm and release melatonin. But it also gives you, you time to relax and and talk with each other and enjoy each other's company, which I think is uh, oftentimes is is hurt with technology. So. Uh, You know, I think that's one of the biggest ways that we can, I mean, just one little thing that we can do to manage stress in addition to, uh, you know, I'm I'm sure a lot of uh, different things as far as yoga and meditation. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of the one that I like to focus on.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So an electronic detox once a week, that may be half a day when you just turn it all off?
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and just not, you know, not worry about, oh, I'm, I'm not going to get to so-and-so's message or, you know, the email isn't going to be checked for over the weekend. And that's that's fine, you know. There's no issue in, in just turning everything off and detoxifying yourself and, uh, you know, just keeping everything shut down. I think that's, healthy in and, and so many regards.
2: Thank you so much. Uh, it's nearly time to to end our show today and I would like to thank you, Austin, so much for being on our show and for sharing all your knowledge with us. And I see that you're going on to uh, become a, a doctorate. Is working on your doctorate? Yes. Yeah. So is that and what do you intend to do with that? Are you going to be a medical doctor?
3: Well, no, it's uh, you know, I'm I'm so happy being a PA, and and you know I'm a, I'm able to, in my position to essentially function in in a very similar role as a MD or a DO. Uh, but I'm I'm getting the the doctorate because uh, I'm I'm I, I love medical education, and uh, you know that's that's kind of my plan. Maybe eventually is to. Uh, get into a little bit more uh, main time, mainstream uh, medical education. So that's, that's the, the focus with the doctor of health science.
2: All righty.
3: Okay. <clears throat>
2: Thank you so much for being with us today, Austin. God bless you and take care.
3: All right. Thank you very much, Dr. Bonner.
2: Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening today. Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow is broadcast live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a healthy week.